what we really tried to create with serendipitous rebel over the last two years is this coaching and consulting model that really took all of the things that we've loved about previous iterations of our business. Welcome to Purposeful Podcasting. I'm Wendy. And I'm Crystal. This podcast is meant to share how we and other entrepreneurs bring together purpose and passion to leverage profit in our businesses. We are shining a light on adventure-loving, purpose-driven, action-minded, authentic, and rebellious entrepreneurs. Just like us. So join us as we talk about business and life and everything in between. Hello there, and welcome to season five of Purposeful Podcasting. I am Wendy, and I am here with Crystal. I'm getting <laughs> know, faster like, at that. I know, but I, I just think at some point we might just want to be able to say each other's names. <laughs> well, I, I keep waiting for you to do it one of these times, actually, and then you okay. don't. And so okay. I'm trying not to let there be an awkward pause, but I never <laughs> know what I'm supposed to do either. I think we're just very entertaining and clearly a little bit out of the habit. Yes. Yeah. I think just a little bit out of the habit. Anyway, so I am Wendy and I'm here with Crystal and it's very exciting season five. We thought because it's been, oh, I don't know, maybe four seasons ago that we mm -hmm. actually introduced ourselves, told us who exactly is it that you're listening to also tell you a little bit about so where did we come from what's the deal with this whole serendipitous rebel thing I guess I could start yeah start it okay. off. I'm Wendy Guth and I live in southern Maryland I in addition to being a co-founder of serendipitous rebel I am also a let's see a wife a fur mom a mom of soon to be going off to college twins, boy girl twins, which scares the crap out of me on a number of levels. <laughs> I, you know, I like to think that I hit when I hit 50, which was almost eight years ago, life completely changed for me. I didn't realize it at the time, all and but it's really all things good. Yeah, that's me in a nutshell, though I could go into more of the, you know, existential deep stuff. But let me, why don't you introduce yourself and then we can kind of go back and forth on this. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Crystal. Let's, let's just go to like the, the superficial <laughs> things as well. So I am also a wife, a male spouse at that, which as are you, Wendy, I'd like to point that out. And I am the mother of two girls, five and 10. So younger than Miss Wendy, one of which has special needs. And I live in Southern Texas now, and we've been here for about four years. I live in the Houston, Texas area. And prior to that, being a mill spouse, we have lived all over the world. I am also a fur mom to a doodle named Severus. I'm also <laughs> a Harry Potter fan. <laughs> he is a doodle. I He's didn't so mention cute. that I'm like a 12 year old boy sometimes. True that. Humor is very important to the both of us. <laughs> yeah. And I 
also could go on to a lot of the other existential things. And I think that's what this episode is a little bit about are the pivots that kind of got us here and what brought us to serendipitous rebel. And then why does that matter to you guys? Because I think a lot of people, when you're hiring coaches, when you hire people to work with you, it's who are you? Tell me about your background and how can you help me? What can you do for me? We both talked about how we're very good at telling our clients to tell people these things, but probably are not as great at doing it ourselves, which is a classic conundrum of all business owners. Do as I say, not as I do. No, I'm joking. But it's also sometimes you're so close to it that you forget, right? So I think that's a lot of what today is about. Oh, definitely. Let's see, where do we begin? I mean, I would like to say that we probably both started off at about the same time. What was it? 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, we both have sort of the similar, we have a background in events and meeting yeah. management, also in the travel world, which I worked in the corporate, uh, say corporate nonprofit world for a ton of years doing meetings and events. I then found in 2016 that I was jobless and actually becoming a mill spouse, needing something that I realized I wanted something that lit my fire. I've all, you know, I, I enjoyed meeting planning a lot, just not in an office kind of thing. But I thought that travel would be, you know, I actually was wanted to be a travel agent when I was in like in high school, mm-hmm. when we all would go and take those big brochures <laughs> I loved collecting those big brochures. Anyway, I set out to be a travel agent, not fully understanding what that entailed. <laughs> oh, no, I had no idea what I was getting into. Yeah. I mean, I think it was painted very rosy. A lot of online contracting jobs are. <laughs> yes, that's very, very, very true. And I wanted something that wasn't just booking travel and Rebel on the Go was born and it was all about transformational travel and creating transformation. Actually, it's really creating transformation in your life through, through travel. It was interesting because at the time mentors and coaches tried to steer me away from that I I listened and sort of steered away from that. It wasn't, and it was, I guess, you know, it's one of those, is your heart in it? Is this what you want to do? And for me, I guess it was, I, we were overseas as well. So it was a very unique situation, but you know, my next pivot is right around pandemic time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you, I also started out in the online space as a travel agent. They call them we, well, I, travel agents. Now I like to call themselves travel advisors, potato, potato now at this point. But I think that right. some travel advisors are others very offended right now, but I, I understand why <laughs> they're trying to pivot to that. But for a lot of intents and purposes, travel agent is a really good way to keep in mind of what it is that we were wanting to do. And because like Wendy, I'd love to travel. I lived overseas. I was everybody's go-to person for Europe travel questions and things like this. So I thought I could make a 
a business out of this. And at the time, like I said, we were a military family. We moved seven times in 11 years. Oh, wow. And I had, it was crazy. And I had a special needs child. And so working a traditional nine to five did not fit for me. It just was not feasible. By the time we would get settled in somewhere long enough to find a job, we would be back up and moving again. And then having a daughter that had all of these different appointments, I was really looking for a work from home job position. And I don't even quite remember how I came across the travel advisor idea. I think I saw somebody do an interview in, I think a mill spouse magazine about it Mm -hmm. and had reached out to this person and eventually ended up joining their host agency to learn how to do this. But like you, I don't feel like I knew quite what I was getting myself into at the time, but here I was a brand new business owner for the very first time in the space, trying to understand all of these things. And you learn really quickly in that space. And I do not care what you're selling at that point. I was a service provider. I was selling something online and I had my own business and I don't care what you're doing in the online space, whether it's selling travel or selling web design or social media management or life coaching or relationship coaching, the business foundations and fundamentals are the same. You need to market your business. You need to know your finances. You are a business owner. And that was very overwhelming for me (laughs) on the outset. It's interesting to me because my father was an entrepreneur. He was a bit, well, he was a business owner. Mm -hmm. He owned a brick and mortar grocery store. I've always grown up with an understanding of business. I also have a degree from George Washington University in business. I have an, I had an understanding, but it's so actually the online space is very different. Mm-hmm. How the ecosystem within that world works is very, very different. It takes some getting used to and some understanding and some tweaking and flexibility. And I think I learned pretty quickly that a lot of what the travel was, wasn't really, it's like, oh, you're an entrepreneur, but, but you're not completely because generally you're tied to like a host agency or you're tied to someone else and who handles a lot of the back end stuff. And thinking about that, that's actually really not a bad thing. No. <laughs> at all. And in some ways you're not making the, you're not making a lot of the decisions yourself. I wanted to do something very unique and very different Mm -hmm. and very maybe out there. I wanted to really bring in my experience doing retreats and events and the travel piece of it. What about, oh, interestingly, and just sort of segueing along in in my story, it's just And this was something I really sat down during the pandemic and you and I had connected. It was actually before the pandemic. Yeah. We were teaching at a summit together. Yeah. And we did a bunch of summits and those were fun. I liked doing summits. I do too. (laughs) And I think we kind of got thrown into the mix because both of our specialties in travel were group travel. We kind of did things in a lot of ways the same, but in, in some ways kind of came at it differently. My specialty was girlfriend getaways. Yours was more focused into the transformational space, but I think our audiences mm-hmm. really overlapped. And yeah. so I think we taught that class together first. 
and became friends dare I say yeah I know (laughs) that's very funny I think that we along with a third person had I think we've read the, the writing on the wall a bit here that something is happening Mm -hmm. which turned out to be the pandemic Mm -hmm. something is happening and it's not necessarily good no it it, it, it's not sustainable was the big piece I think yeah that that went on it and I think at the time you were doing certifications in coaching Mm -hmm. and I was teaching marketing at my host agency because that was my previous background in addition mm-hmm. to events and things like that. It's what I went to school for was I had a degree in journalism and marketing. I found that there are different things in your business when you work on it. We all will find different things that come natural to us. Okay. For some of us, it's the content creation. For some of us, it's the goal setting. For some of us, it's the numbers and the data. And for me, it was marketing. Mm -hmm. Not only did that come easy to me, but it also came easy to me to look at other people in our host agency, whether they were Disney travel agents or special needs travel agents or things like that to really look at their business and go, oh, I think this is what you're doing wrong. Right. (laughs) All intents and purposes. And this is how you can do it better. And really started to understand. And like Wendy said, owning a brick and mortar difference is very different than running a small business online as a digital entrepreneur. There are a lot of nuances and things that are very different in the way we operate and the way we work in the online space. And it's even more, it's even different now in 2023 than it was in 2019 when we started working together. And in 2020, when we really started working together and doing different things, that whole landscape has changed dramatically just in the last three years. Oh, yeah. It was starting to kind of lean in and understand and look at all of the different nuances and things that were going on and different tactics that were out there and started to understand what's working for people, what does not work for people. And that was something that I could do. And so we kind of took our gifts around that into one of the first pivots which was to do a membership program. And this was still within the travel space. Yeah. You know, it, that was, a, and it, that was actually during the pandemic. Yes, it was the height of it. Oh boy. And I have to say that I'll just put it out there. Doing a membership program is a, one of the more challenging things because unless you have very, either very high ticket or very high volume, it is a, you spin your wheels and trying to get traction to scale. Did I just give that whole piece away? So sorry. It's true. And it's kind of one of those hindsight being 2020. Mm -hmm. I think that at the time that we were starting this, I didn't have the certifications I have now and Uh the knowledge I have now. And I think it's kind of one of those older, wiser me could go back and mentor younger, more naive me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We would have come to a different conclusion here. But I think it was an eagerness to use our gifts 
in a different capacity than just being independent business owners. I guess, and I don't want to speak for you. For me, it was, I wanted to be part of a, a team, a partnership and a community to get it done. That was really important to me. I operate best in that kind of environment. I know that of myself. Yeah. This model was presented to us on paper. Like Wendy said, these things can sound really, really great, but a membership is one of the hardest business models to get off the ground into a profit standpoint. And now if you have that combined with being in a partnership of three people, that profit participation is even less. And it's very easy to spin your wheels in that model because there is a constant need for high demand of customer service, high demand of content creation to keep it up and going. And then there's a churn rate that kind of leaves you at a sticking point at some point that makes it difficult. I found when I look back on that time period, mm -hmm. I found that I was spending, well, I had set, it, what was interesting about this is I had set that I wasn't working full time. Mm -hmm. I had no interest in working full time. And I had actually thought erroneously, but that sometimes when you are, you know, when there's, there's more than one of you that, you know, you just, it means you work less when you need to scale, but okay. But there's the whole concept of you need to scale, which is probably another conversation. One of the things that I really was leaning into was very much trying to learn about myself, you know, mm -hmm. who am I? What's, what's my deal? What, you know, and at the point in my life, wh what makes me happy? What's, what's my purpose? Mm -hmm. And I don't think I really had focused a lot of time and energy on purpose until we got together. And my, my whole thing was to work on really content in terms of, it was supposedly mindset, which since then I'm not necessarily crazy about calling it that, mm -hmm. but just a lot of the inner work that has to be done, regardless of what kind of an entrepreneur you are. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of that work my, for on myself, which oh, and I on think, me. Oh, well, okay. That's always true and good. Yes. <laughs> well, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that, but she did because <laughs> when she was developing all these programs and she was going through all of her certifications and I'm going to toot Wendy's horn here because she's really, really brilliant. She was creating these programs through Rebel on the Go through her coaching program. And she had programs called Rebel Ready and things like that. And she let me go through all of those things with her. And they were all focused on these foundational things of what is your purpose? What are you doing? And so while simultaneously she's going through this work and she's having me go through this work, I think we're having the same aha moment. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I, I think that there was there was there. And I, I won't speak for you on this, but there was there were a number of aha moments. Mm -hmm. Really, the whole concept of alignment and harmony and balance and all of those things really came out and sort of jumped out and was like, wait a second, what is it? What is it I want to do? And everything came to a head. I think it, what, what was interesting about this is that we never had conversations like sidebar conversations. No. All of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden about two years ago, we had like a conversations like, oh, 
I feel this way. Oh, I feel this way. Oh, really? <laughs> I had yeah, no idea. I thought it was just me. And in that it was, Hey, I, I feel like what we're doing is not fulfilling the thing I wanted it to fulfill. Right. And what, what we are doing, I thought I, I felt like I was spinning my wheels on the back end of it. And I think we realized very quickly that when we had started this membership business and that initial business model, it was with these like very big audacious goals in mind, which there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with big audacious goals, nope. have your big goals, do what you need to do. There is a reality to it as you learn as a business owner of, okay, there's some backwards planning that has to take into effect. Mm -hmm. And then there's the foundational questions that Wendy was really asking me in coaching on the side. And the question was, all right, wh what do you want to be? Is that in alignment with the goal, this big audacious goal that you had set? And is the thing that you're doing right now actually in service of that thing that you want to be or the thing that you want to do? Mm -hmm. It was mind blowing to me when it was laid out that way. At that point, I, I realized, well, actually, I think it was like, I could work, I could work. And, I, and actually, it really came down to working harder. I can work harder, I can commit more energy, more time, more of my emotional resources into something that wasn't in my heart. And I, it turns out, it, I don't think it ever was in my heart. One of the things that I learned is that for me, I'm a, I want to be a lifestyle entrepreneur. I don't have desires to be, you know, the next Elon Musk. It's not what I want. It doesn't fit into my own mold. And what I, but what I want to do, you know, is create a community, be a thought leader, things of that nature that are really fit more into, you know, what my family and I need right now. So working more, which just felt like spinning my wheels and contrary to what I wanted, it was, I, it was just, a, you know, well, what is it that I want? Okay. I, I want to coach. <laughs> I want to inspire. I, I want to do a podcast. I want to do things that, you know, it turns out I work a lot more now than I did then, but I, it doesn't feel that way at all, at all. Mm -hmm. I think that's like super important and required a little bit of, of pain to get there. Because I think we, we were talking on Boxer about this before we recorded this episode. And I think I left you a message along the lines that said, I think the biggest lesson that I had from that experience was that it was out of alignment in all of the wrong ways because it was a buy into something for the wrong reasons, which was money. It mm -hmm. was the need to distract myself from a pandemic and from other things going on. And it was not rooted into my core purpose or bigger picture of what I want to do. The model was not realistic at all. It was out of alignment with like what you had said. I knowing how many hours I can commit a week mm -hmm. or that I want to commit a week. And because right. enough, alternatively, I work less now than I was at that time and I make more money <laughs> right. doing at that time. And I think it's because when we 
closed that business down. And when we started up Serendipitous Rebel, which kind of leads us in here to today, like you said, we kind of did list out like, what is it that we want to be? And what is it that we want to do? And we were in complete agreement, coaching. Yes. Podcast. Yes. Lifestyle entrepreneur. Yes. Yeah. You know, what is the real Man priority? Yes. Masterminding. Yes. Yeah. Oh, hell to yeah. the yes to that. And but, I didn't mean to cut you off, okay. but I remember it was January, uh, like almost two years, two years, it'll be two years in January mm -hmm. where, you know, I was sitting in my sunroom and we were on this long call. It was mm -hmm. like a, in, you know, our virtual retreat kind of thing where we sat down and we really drilled into, and I, and actually it's funny though, cause I'm right now looking at the document that I Kind of created for myself out of that where we and it still holds true we we made sure that we had our strengths nailed down we you know went over values and skills and and drum beats and all of these things that have evolved in some way or another since then but to the large extent hold hold true that's been you know i think super, super, super helpful because this, and, and it's, you know, and we were actually, we were talking about a client today and just, I just thought about it, that we did all this foundational work mm -hmm. so that we, we planted our roots so that when we decide to sway with different ideas or what is it? Demon babies. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Demon babies. <laughs> future ideas that need to be back burnered because well, otherwise they will take over our lives. But even when those things come up, we have these foundational roots in place that it gives us a very wide swing. And I think that is like so very important, so very important as we, you know, evolve and grow. But I think that these are also just really super valuable you know, lessons for anyone, you know, it's like, learn, learn from our, I'm not going to say mistakes because I don't believe that I don't believe in mistakes per se. I believe that everything is sort of a learning experience and you, you live and you live and learn and move on. You live and learn and move on. I've been thinking a lot about that. And I will say that the painful hard work that we did in the beginning about who are we as individuals, yeah. you know, in terms of the business, what do we want out of this? What is our runway? Even who is our, you know, our, our like corporate square squad, all of these things were really important to set in place. So it's funny because we talk about most of these things, if not all of them, and we talk about them because I think we truly, well, I know I truly believe it. I think you truly believe it. Yeah. And because we live this, we live this shit. Because you start to see success leaves clues. I, I really do believe that. I think that yeah. when you look back at, at us or people we've coached in the last two years or other people on our square squad. Mm -hmm. it's a matter of kind of looking sometimes at the threads of like, what's, what are they doing? Well, 
what did we not do so well that we could do differently in the future? It all kind of led us to how it is that we coach today, because our style of coaching is a little bit different than other coaches out on the market. So we were talking the other day, I really do believe our coaching style at Serendipitous Rebel is very holistic. That's your, I totally stole your word. You said that yesterday. <laughs> and I wrote it in big, bold letters at the top of my note that day, holistic, because I never really thought of it that way. But it is because, you know, a lot of people come to us for marketing, for better or worse. Sometimes people are like, how do I price my offer? How do I market my business better? Ultimately, what we find out is that they don't need me. They really need Wendy. <laughs> Because there are these foundational things in place that need to be done first before we can build any kind of marketing plan, before we can talk about pricing and mm -hmm. before we talk about any kind of offer creation, whether you want to do a membership like we did, or you want to do coaching, or you want to do courses or run workshops or anything that you want to do. There are really big, important foundational questions that have to be asked first that so mm -hmm. that we know what kind of foundation are we building your business house on and that's the unique thing about serendipitous rebel coaching is that we help you build that foundation and then the marketing strategy and all that stuff that's that existential scaffolding on top of your foundation but all of that just does not mean jack crap if you have a crappy foundation if you have a bad mm -hmm. foundation the whole house comes down really fast. Yes. Oh my gosh. You know, it's like, and, and this is actually something that you've said that you can offer someone a marketing plan that'll make them a trillion, a zillion dollars. But if you don't have the, like the foundation, what do I want out of my business? how much energy, how many resources, all those sorts of things, then I think it's almost like with our membership group, I think we scaled, we scaled too fast mm -hmm. and then we all, but, but not fast enough mm -hmm. to have the resources there to really implement what we needed to do. And I think that these, this, this, this was incredibly critical. And these are important, you know, these are lessons that we've learned mm -hmm. that we want to share and that we do share through the podcast, through our coaching or, you know, workshops, things like that. But these are the, these are really the important things that is, it's like our calling to, Hey, don't make the mistakes we made. Well, and, and understand the business that you're building is the big yeah. thing because I, we have a lot of most of our clients, actually, I think are clients that are like us, they, they are, they want to be lifestyle entrepreneurs. And the mm -hmm. problem with so many things on the online space, okay, is that there are a lot of promises of like, we can build a seven figure business and only work five hours a week. And that's quite frankly, bullshit, especially <laughs> when you're in the scaling and growth phase yeah. of your business. Yeah. Yeah. And there gets to be a point, and this is why we have questions about runways. How long do you want to give this before you need mm -hmm. to be profitable? Profit mm -hmm. is a really important thing to remember. We make lots of money, but how much of it has to go back into your business? How much are you actually paying yourself at the end of the day? And then how many hours do you want to work 
to get there. And it's that resources of energy and time that I don't think people factor in enough in their business. And that again, is all part of that foundational work because I have a lot of clients that want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year or $60,000 a year. Let's say hundred, because that's a nice clean number. And I like nice clean numbers, for examples, because I don't math. That's what we have yeah. a bookkeeper for. <laughs> if I want to make a hundred thousand dollars a year, the fact of the matter is, is I need to bring two hundred thousand dollars into my business to make that salary. There are taxes and fees and other things that have to be factored into that conversation. And then, so now to say, okay, if I need to make two hundred thousand dollars a year, but I only want to work ten hours a week, and I'm selling coaching for a hundred dollars an hour, it all doesn't. Of a sudden, you have yeah. a math problem, you have a math yeah. problem. And so yeah. a lot of, I feel like our job as coaches slash consultants in that moment is to really open people's eyes that, okay, maybe we need to adjust your pricing. Cause you can do yeah. that. If you want to have, you know, a $5,000 coaching slot, or you can do that if you increase your hours and increase your volume, or we have other streams of revenue. And this is where we start going into planning to kind of build that big picture, that scaffolding, that foundational piece really needs to be answered first. And then how do you do it in a way that you can savor your life along the way? Exactly, exactly. exactly. You know, and it's interesting, you bring up savor. I had a really hard time during the pandemic. I mean, I know many of us, most of us did. I had just been living overseas in a very isolated place and had so many dreams and aspirations and was going to do a shit ton of traveling. Yeah, I, I was actually booked like March, April, May, so much traveling. And what happens when you can't do that? It was... Yeah, it was really actually the, the just as the, you know, I, oh, and that's when I did, I was trying to think what, oh, because I can, mm -hmm. that was, I did a speaker series because I can, a powerful guide to creating the life you want. And it was designed for women. And what I was trying to show is that there are so many different ways, including travel, that you can create change, create impact, and also inspire people. And I interviewed like, I think it was 21. So it was like over seven, three, there was three interviews over seven, seven, three interviews a day over seven days on all sorts of different topics. And it culminated with, Hey, let's all go on a back roads adventure and let's bike from Santa Fe to Taos. Oh. And Oh my gosh, I was so unbelievably excited. And we slammed into a pandemic. <laughs> yep. oh gosh, but all of that just put so many ideas into my head. And, you know, I am, I guess, very fortunate that one of my strengths, actually one of my top strengths is my love of learning. And I, if I am not learning, then I am in a ball in a corner somewhere, you know, which is never a good look. Yeah. And I just, yeah, it's, and it also start, and it was also, oh my God, it was reading Atomic Habits and taking so my dog out, taking pebbles, where's pebbles? Anyway, taking pebbles. I just, I started the habit. Oh, and I started 
how Wendy dreams, which was like, where does my mind wander when I can't travel? And all of these things really led to the creation of Savor. And it took me a good six months to come up with Savor, which is really an, an, ac- an, an acronym for stepping out of your comfort zone, stepping out of your comfort zone, aligning your passions and interests. And this is where I get all fucked up and I can't believe it. No, venturing, yes, venturing under your own power, building your community, really leaning into self-care and then ritualizing your gratitude and celebration. I found that it has become like a little bit of a lifesaver for me. And I think for others who have journeyed down this path as well, but maybe we'll save that for another (laughs) story as well. So I know we're going to do another podcast episode just on the saver model in Serendipitous Rebel. So I will will leave you on pins and needles for all of that. But (laughs) suffice it to say that we use the saver model in our coaching and in our own lives now everything kind of comes back to that. And so, so much of it, what we do with our business owners as coaches is really encouraging them at how to savor their life, because it's not just enough to endure business or endure life. We want you to savor it. And so, Mm -hmm. so many of the foundational work and foundational questions that we ask of clients, because like Wendy said, I can write you a marketing strategy that will shoot you to the moon. I, I, I can do that. I can write it up today if you want. This is, you need to do this. These are the objectives. These are the tactics. We can go through and give you all that. The problem is, is that if I give you that, but we don't know those other foundational pieces beforehand, mm-hmm. very high chance you won't ever do a damn thing in that strategy book. Very high, mm-hmm. high very high likelihood that you will hate every single minute of that business that you create, because of the mm. fact that you didn't want to go to the moon. You wanted to go to Tampa or something else <laughs> in office. You didn't want, and, and here, and it's the hard truth of online business. And I, I wish it didn't have to be. And it's, it's a hard truth for us that try to do this as side hustles. It's a hard truth. I had to come to terms with when I was trying to multi- juggle multiple businesses. At one point we have limited bandwidth to get done what we want to get done. That's why that mm-hmm. same basket of laundry has been sitting over there in the corner of my house mm-hmm. for four days. It's not a priority. So it's not gotten folded. It probably won't get folded <laughs> today either, but that's the, but that is the same thing in your business. In your business, there is some basket of laundry sitting there in a corner that needs to get done today that is not getting done because it is not getting, because it is not being prioritized. That's not yeah. even a bad thing, but it, it it means that there are a lot of things that you're going to need to do to shoot your business to seven figures that most of us either do not have the time or the inclination to do. That is incredibly true. And so we need to stop adopting tactics or buying into things, encouraging us to do so, because really what we're doing is we are pissing away money on tactics or solutions or things like that, that aren't going to do anything for us. You can do all the reels, all the live long day, but if you don't have these other solid foundational pieces in place to back them up, that strategy is not going to work for you. And it may take a lot of pain and, you know, the blood, sweat, and the tears for you to find that out. 
So yeah, it's really uncomfortable work. And I, I, I remember sitting on a call with a client last year and she was in tears about actually this whole thing. And I remember saying to them, this is not the first time I've had a call like this. This is not going to be the last. <laughs> it is a hard truth to come to when you realize that this model that you've created or this idea that you had is not going to work the way you are doing it. Something has to change. Oh, there's so many different ways I could respond. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just rambled forever. As someone who loves to learn and someone who loves to share the learning, it's like, I love to save people the pain and sometimes the pain and the torture that comes with, hey, you know, let me tell you what I went through so you don't have to kind of thing. But I also realize that one of the things I think that is, is important as coach is what I call shortening, shortening the speed bump or turning something from a mountain into a molehill into just a little speed bump mm -hmm. and shortening the amount of time it takes to get from Oh, that may not, you know, oh, that's such a fabulous idea. Oh my God, maybe not. Okay, let's try something else. <laughs> and shortening the amount of time for you to learn. I mm -hmm. guess that is what it is. I love that I think we are really able to do that. And I don't mean to sound, no, actually, I mean to sound just the way it sounds, that I think that's something we're really good at. I think we're really good at giving clients perspective and giving yeah. clients that 360 view, because when you're in a business, actually it was so funny. I was in a text thread with somebody last week and it was about SEO, mm -hmm. total sidebar. And they were asking me what it is that we were doing. And because I'm working on an SEO optimization in our own business, she was asking one really good questions to get the answer out of me. And I said, mm -hmm. it is amazing how I could do this for clients, but cannot do it for myself. She goes, and she said, none of us can do this for ourselves. Exactly. We are too it's... close to our own shit, basically. Yeah. And I said, no. oh, that's why are we hire coaches? Exactly. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, how many marketers have any of us heard who say, I can't market my own shit? Well, that's right. Because that's, that's just how it is. Yeah, and I mean, so it's, it is. yep. It's hard to like step outside of it. Cause you're too close to it. You're too right. close to it. And so you need the coaching or you need, you know, we have coaches that we hire. We have square squads that we bounce ideas off of all of the time. And that's why it's so important. And so what we really tried to create with serendipitous rebel over the last two years is this coaching and consulting model that really took all of the things that we've loved about previous iterations of our business. And I love that you said, it. I, I agree, it was not past mistakes. I, I, I'd like to think of them as chapters in our story, past things that we have done. What did we really love from that? We loved the travel opportunities. We knew we loved the group aspect, the creating the community, the podcasting, working with clients to watch them transform in their business. And how can we take that into a model here at Serendipitous Rebel? that really supports the model that would help sustain the lifestyle that we want mm -hmm. while taking all of that collective wisdom and stuff we have learned along the way. Because since that time, I've become a certified master marketer. I've done a lot of different things. I, I dare I even ask you to list off all of the things you're certified in now or have oh, you done courses on. 
you really don't want me to do that. I kind of do though, or at least like um, take a step because I, I, I like trying to remember. Okay. Them. Let's do the highlights. Okay. I am a certified business coach and consultant, certified, <laughs> certified life story coach, certified goals, success coach, certified realizing resilience coach. I'm a practitioner of positive psychology with an emphasis on values and strengths. I also am a dare to lead trained professional. And there's a couple more that I'm finishing up that shall remain nameless until they're actually finished. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so and we don't talk about any of these things enough because I'm like oh I'm a marketer but like then the Wendy's like hold well Wendy's like see, hold my beer yeah but see you know the interesting thing is um it, it's like no you're not just a marketer you you've gone through a very intense detailed actually really good certification program that would not our business wouldn't be where it is I don't market Okay. We know this and it's really never a good idea. You know, Oh, Wendy, you know, you can take over. No, 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 no. We're lucky if we get, you know, anyway, me to do posts once in a while. And not only that, you have a background in journalism and an eye for things that I think is not to mention having the, we've done a lot of the strengths work. So mm-hmm. the curiosity and the creativity and all that good stuff gives you a different eye for marketing than like sort of the common Jane or common Joe, common Jane. Yes. I'll, I'll so take I'll take yeah. That. But yeah. I think that's what makes our business unique is we took all of these things that you do and all of these great things that I do. And we kind of give that enmeshed combined wisdom to clients in what they do with, again, this idea of saver and how do you create those very important foundational pieces so we can give you this very great business model and marketing strategy and things like that to make you not just successful, but so that you can enjoy the process along the way. And so it, you know, flash forward to now, I love the business model that we've created. I love all of the things that we do, whether it's help people launch podcasts, run masterminding retreats with people. We've done a handful of really fun things the last few years that have been life-changing for our participants as well. Yeah. And we, Mm -hmm. and we continue to do more. And then I love the clients that we work with. They are so unique and interesting in their own ways. And then watching them grow their businesses and Mm -hmm. change. Um, I need to get on some case study work, but I think it's, I think it's really interesting to watch iterations of people go through things. And like, as you had pointed out, you know, our most successful clients are the people that really do buy into the foundational work that we push them into. And then the ones that don't, constantly are circling back to the same issue over and over again. (laughs) And I I really do believe the universe keeps giving you the lesson until you can learn the lesson. (laughs) And so sometimes, you know, like, well, and here we are again. I've loved that we've built a, uh, a, a podcast community, Mm -hmm. a podcast world, podcast followers. I know we don't get to know quite as much about our listeners as I would like. So please, you know, reach out to us, tell us who you are. 
mm-hmm. you know, share with us a little bit about you. Cause I would, I would love to know more about our listeners and how we can be of service to them as well. I was thinking I'd really love to end this. I think we should each, a- I think we should each answer two questions. One is who, who's like our go-to influencer, which I think I may know the answer to for, well, I know mine. And what is like one fun thing about us? Oh, I or like about- that. So do you want to start? Who's your, no, who's your go-to yeah, influencer? I, I, well, I ask, so you should start. Oh, okay. So hmm, really tough. So Brene Brown is like number one, probably for me. Go-to influencer, like mentor person. I really follow Julie Chanel very closely and I've done her certification programs. I'm in another Mm -hmm. program with her right now. So that's the first, that's the first thing that is popping to my mind. I'm wondering if you, but you said two. So I think that that hits my limit unless you're going to cheat again, like you did with the hats. No, 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 (laughs) no no cheating. (laughs) All right. So I will end it with those two. Who would be yours? Oh, well, yeah, Brene is definitely like the top of my list of people, but also, so I have, I've, and I've taken his courses at the University of Michigan, Victor Strecker, who is on the faculty of the University of Michigan Public Health, and he writes all about purpose, Mm. purpose, life purpose, work purpose, 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 purpose. And I think that actually, when I go back and look at, again, the first course I took of his was like April of 2020. So the timing was such that I I needed it. (laughs) And, you know, he's subsequently done other things that I've just, I sort of lean into everything that he does. Yeah. And really, I, well, I clearly admire him, but I also think he's just brilliant. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So something, what, like what's fun what's fun yeah so many things I'm a blast I (laughs) I stress bake oh I stress bake generally eat a chocolate chip cookie every single night before I go to bed oh see I think that's really cool I don't do that what's the other thing didn't our social media manager just ask this question and I'm trying to remember what my answer was oh she actually wanted something quirky oh she wanted something quirky she wanted quirky and I'm just saying, I think the, I think your stress baking is pretty fun. I'm trying to think fun. I can burp the alphabet, but I won't in public. <laughs> that's, and that's my party trick. I'm a hallmark beyond a hallmark junkie. Mm. Yeah. That's I, I stress watch hallmark movies and I record the Christmas one so I can watch them all year round. That's so funny. <laughs> I like that. On that note. (laughs) Yeah. So I like that a lot. I like that a lot. So thank you all for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Yep. Until then, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. But only if you liked it. Otherwise, just keep it to yourself. You can learn more about purposeful podcasting on our website at serendipitousrebel.com. And if you have topics you'd like to hear about, be sure to submit them on our website or DM us on social media.